bringing you the latest in tax credit news. This is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, December 11th, 2018. 29 years ago today, President George H.W. Bush signed the Tax Extension Act of 1991 into law. So why am I mentioning that? Well, that bill extended the loan compensating tax credit through June 30th of 1992. The loan compensating tax credit did not become a permanent, or I should say indefinite, part of the tax code until 1993 as part of the Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act of 1993. I'll talk more in today's podcast about the status of current extender proposals. Now let's turn to this week's podcast. We have a lot of very hot topics for you. First, the stopgap funding for the federal government. Second, the prospects of a skinny tax bill. Third, a new co-chairman for the Municipal Finance Caucus. Fourth, potential changes at Treasury and HUD. And fifth, a new Opportunity Zones-related resource. After all those five updates, I'll also have a brief update on state historic tax credits. So if you're ready, let's get started. So starting with the stopgap funding bill, President Donald Trump last week signed a stopgap funding bill to put off a partial government shutdown. The bill provides a two-week continuing resolution that will keep the government funded through Friday, December 21st. That's one week later than Congress originally scheduled to get out of town, which was December 14th. Now, Congress needs to pass seven remaining spending bills in order to keep the government funded over the long term. Now, reaching a spending agreement has been difficult, to put it mildly. Border wall funding and some other issues have forced lawmakers into an impasse. Now, with time running out on a lame duck calendar, Republican leaders will likely try to attach other legislative priorities to any must-pass spending bill. Now, one legislative package that could catch a ride on a year-end spending bill is a so-called skinny tax bill. Notable for our listeners who work in affordable housing, a skinny tax bill could be a vehicle for low-income tax credit provisions, most notably a minimum 4% credit rate. Now, Senate Finance Committee member and incoming Senate Majority Whip, John Thune, told reporters last week that the Senate Republicans are working on a skinny version of a tax extenders and retirement bill, a bill designed to get at least 60 votes in the Senate. Republicans have 51 seats, so they'll need nine Democrats to support a tax bill, even if all Republicans fall in line. Now, at the time of this recording, no Senate skinny bill text or details have been released. I will keep you updated in future episodes of the podcast if and when bill details emerge. I should note that House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Kevin Brady yesterday introduced a retooled tax relief package with revisions from his initial year-end tax legislation that introduced on November 26th. This new tax bill offers disaster tax relief to more areas affected by storms and natural disasters. However, unlike the first bill, this legislation no longer includes tax extenders, but it still does include the private activity bond general public use fix for veterans. Now, it's unclear at this point whether this new Brady tax bill will be scheduled for a House floor vote. In any case, it doesn't appear likely that all of the new Brady tax bill will be included in a year-end spending bill. Stay tuned to my Twitter feed for updates and see the show notes for a link to the new Brady tax bill. Now, 
let's take a look at what's ahead beyond the lame duck session. Representative Steve Stivers of Ohio was named Republican co-chairman of the Municipal Finance Caucus in the next Congress. Stivers is going to replace Representative Randy Holkren of Illinois, this after Holkren lost his re-election bid in November. The Municipal Finance Caucus fought to preserve tax financing during the tax reform debate at the end of last year. Now, the caucus is expected to play a key role in the next Congress as lawmakers address infrastructure reform. Now, Representative Stivers has a record of supporting legislation to improve and expand certain tax incentives. Most notably, he's a co-sponsor of the Affordable Housing Credit Improvement Act, the New Markets Tax Credit Extension Act, as well as the Historic Tax Credit Improvement Act. The Municipal Finance Caucus doesn't really take positions on issues that are not directly related, such as new market tax credits or historic tax credits, so I wouldn't imagine that the caucus would be pushing for tax credits. However, the caucus certainly could push to make changes in private activity bonds, which could lead to greater use of 4% low-income housing tax credits. And certainly, the caucus will be pushing for infrastructure legislation, which also could be a vehicle for tax credit provisions. And speaking of new roles and leadership changes, the Senate is scheduled to vote this week on the nomination of Jessica Mucinich as Deputy Treasury Secretary. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell filed cloture on his nomination last week, which likely means McConnell is confident he has the votes to confirm him. President Trump did nominate him in April, and he currently serves as counselor to Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin. Mucinich played a key role in negotiating the 2017 tax law, so Treasury may have a new Deputy Treasury Secretary soon. Now, there's also going to be a change at HUD. Or I should say there could be a change at HUD. HUD Assistant Secretary for Community Planning and Development, Neil Ratcliffe, announced last week that he's stepping down from the position. This role as Assistant Secretary for Community Planning and Development entails overseeing the Home Investment Partnerships Program, the Housing Trust Fund, the Community Development Block Grant Program, and others. Now, no replacement has been named yet. However, David Wool Jr. was named Principal Deputy Assistant Secretary for HUD's Community Planning and Development Group. Now, in affordable housing news, a bill to create an affordable housing task force now has 16 co-sponsors in the Senate. Now, the bill was introduced by Republican Senator Todd Young of Indiana in July and is entitled the Task Force on the Impact of the Affordable Housing Crisis Act of 2018. This bill, as its name implies, would create a task force to evaluate how a lack of affordable housing affects other areas of life and outcomes. This task force would also evaluate and quantify the costs incurred by other federal, state, and local programs due to a lack of affordable housing. Now, the group, the task force, would then make recommendations to Congress on how to use affordable housing to improve the effectiveness of other federal programs and improve life outcomes. House and Senate leaders would appoint 18 members to the task force under the bill. As of the time of this recording, the bill's sponsors include eight Democrats, seven Republicans, and one Independent. Now, the lead Senate Democrat sponsor is Senator Maria Cantwell of Washington. As you know, Senator Cantwell is a lead sponsor on another bipartisan affordable housing bill, the Affordable Housing Credit Improvement Act. Now, other recent co-sponsors of this task force bill are Republicans John Kennedy of Louisiana, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Susan Collins of Maine, and Joni Ernst of Iowa. And on the Democratic side, Jean Shaheen of New Hampshire, Maggie Hassan of New Hampshire, Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, and Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota. 
Affordable housing remains a bipartisan issue, and it's encouraging to see both sides of the aisle taking action to address the affordable housing shortage. Switching gears now, Novogratik has a new web page that tracks the penalty rates that apply to qualified opportunity funds when they fall short of the 90% asset test. We added this page about the same time that the IRS released the rate for the first quarter of 2019. That was last week. Now for the tax wonks out there, the applicable rate, the penalty rate, is the same as the interest rate for underpayments of federal taxes under Internal Revenue Code Section 6621. Now as Novogratik had estimated, the penalty rate is 6% for the first quarter of 2019. Now I should note that this penalty rate is on qualified opportunity fund assets, not gains deferred. Now by way of comparison, the penalty rate for the first quarter of 2018 was 4%, and the rate for the second, third, and fourth quarter of 2018 was 5%. You can find PDFs of the applicable revenue rulings supporting these rates on our website. I'll tweet a link, and I'll include the link in today's show notes. Turning to some other news, the National Trust for Historic Preservation published a report on state historic tax credits last week. This report is intended as a guide to help state and local policymakers understand both the benefits of historic rehabilitation tax credits and how to structure an effective state-level historic tax credit. Now, there are 35 states with state historic tax credits. This report examines those states and finds the characteristics of the credits that drive the most investment. Now, some of those characteristics are addressing specific state goals, making the credits more readily transferable, and having a predictable credit amount. I provided a link to the report in today's show notes, and I'll also tweet out a link. Well, that brings you to the end of this week's report. Do be on the lookout this week for our first edition of the Novogratik Opportunity Zones Handbook. This handbook explains the background of the new tax incentive and gives technical details, all updated with Treasury Department guidance. Please go to Novogratik's product page for details, and yes, I will tweet out a link. That's it for now. I'm Michael Novogratik. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik and Company, LLP. Archived podcasts are available online at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. You can find related links referenced in this podcast in our show notes at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast. Novogratik and Company LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.